Welcome to our noontime webinar. I'm Dr. Jill Brooks, Director of Education for First Healthcare Compliance. We at First Healthcare Compliance are helping healthcare providers, networks, hospitals, billing services, and skilled nursing facilities around the country with the cloud-based comprehensive compliance solution. We're so happy to have Dr. Joseph Widener and Dr. Lenore Tijans-Grillo from HealthMirror joining us today. I had the pleasure of working with each of them in the hospital setting. They will be discussing a very relevant topic to all of you regarding patient education and engagement, which as you know, is part of meaningful use. HealthMirror is a cloud-based tool that enables physicians to educate their patients in the exam room as well as pre or post visit. Dr. Widener is the CEO and co-founder of HealthMirror. He has worked in family medicine for 21 years in Rising Sun, Maryland, and is the founder of Stone Run Family Medicine. He has his degree from Temple University. He's a clinical instructor in the Department of Family and Community Medicine at University of Maryland. Dr. Tijans Grillo is an obstetrician and gynecologist. She's been practicing for 18 years in Elkton, Maryland. She was the department chair and chair of, quality of the Quality Oversight Committee. She has her degree from Jefferson Medical College. She presently serves as the Chief Medical Officer for HealthMirror, where she manages the multimedia content library. If you have any questions during their presentation, please feel free to use the chat function on the GoToWebinar, or you can simply email questions to them at the end of the presentation. And uh, first, we will start with Dr. Widener. Jill? Thank you, Jill. I want to start with looking at the objectives that we have identified for this talk. We want to identify opportunities for improved patient education and talk about the struggles we've had with educating and engaging patients in the office and also from a care manager point of care. We want to identify opportunities to reduce the work for the physician that's required and needed to educate patients and also recognize clinical quality measures that can be enhanced by a novel content delivery system. Let me talk first about the struggles we've had with trying to get patient education to patients, and particularly engaging patients. How do we better engage patients was one of the pain points we had when we developed HealthMirror. And particularly, and for this talk, when I say the word engage, I mean moving patients to take more initiative in their healthcare. Particularly, how can our patient education that we give patients be more compelling than what they traditionally get, what they get on paper? But how do we disseminate to a vast array of patients, specifically in a primary care setting where there's multiple needs? How do we disseminate that patient education comprehensively? We want to show you that HealthMirror disseminates multimedia patient education for a comprehensive manner. And we'll start by just examining these thoughts, though, about clinical quality measures and also patient-centered medical home, where we've identified and shown that HealthMirror is a useful tool. Clinical quality measures, or CQMs, are tools that help measure and track the quality of healthcare services provided by eligible professionals, hospitals, within our healthcare system. Now, these include um, providers and physicians. These measures are, are useful data that um, are associated with providers' ability to care and deliver for high-quality care that relates to long-term goals of quality healthcare. So these are these are um, definitions that CMS has provided, and they're also required to report for meaningful use attestation to show that 
the providers using an electronic medical record meaningfully. But I think they also point to the fact that if you can't measure it, you can't improve upon it. And if you have a goal of improving healthcare, that you should be able to measure it. Um, let's also talk about a patient-centered medical home. This is one model that's been developed by the HRQ as a, that would help deliver the core functions of primary health care. And they include certain functions and attributes, such as having a comprehensive approach to providing that care, a team approach to meet patients' needs, but also be patient-centered, recognizing the patient as an individual with their family um, or members of a team. And then also providing that coordinated care, coordinating that care across the whole healthcare system. Instead of having care provided in different silos, specialized care in different other units, have that level of coordination be provided in the primary care center. Have an accessibility um, by enhanced phone, electronic, and face-to-face -face access to that whole team in a patient-centered way, but also identify quality and safety through evidence-based medicine that's applied in a shared decision-making with patients. So let's look at patient education within this context of trying to apply this through a comprehensive manner in a patient-centered medical home, but identifying first what are the problems with traditional patient education. You see what exam room four looked like on the back of the door before we started this process, where there are posters or other placards hanging up they tend to create a lot of noise by cluttering the walls and are not specifically targeted to that given individual who's sitting in, in the room, but are more generalized statements. Handouts also have their own problems with the intention of being read by the patients after the visit. Commonly, they're discarded. They're not particularly as engaging as other methods can be, and they're not that easily shared with family members. But also, there's just a struggle I've had as a family physician with the whole lack of process. That happens when you're given from many organizations that are well-meaning, several handouts, posters, and just trying to organize them in a way that um, uses them in a meaningful way. It takes a significant amount of time and effort by the physician, by the office staff to coordinate that and to really provide that. You'll see here, and maybe recognize these things, with. Um, that occur in other exam rooms. And when I first started on this venture, I looked at my own exam rooms and, and those of a um, family physician I share office space with. These are his present exam rooms. We had an average of nine placards or posters on each on, on the exam room walls in each exam room. There's also trouble with um, patient education that it's, it's there's one time to distribute it and typically at the end of the visit, and that's also, that requires a physician or provider decision-making capacity right at the point of care. That at the end of the visit, as a provider, you're trying to tie up the visit in a bow, as it were. You're, you're making your assessment and talking to your patients about problems. And it's, it's that type of thought process that has to happen routinely in order to give that education to that patient. However, it doesn't happen routinely. And, and if you look at meaningful use requirements, the requirement is that it, it occurs at least 10% of the time, which means that you know, to satisfy meaningful use requirements, 90% of your patients would be without patient education. So we were looking for a better way to provide patient education, to streamline the process, to educate every patient routinely at every encounter, to focus on preventative health care measures. And that's where we'll show you how we applied that and what type of outcomes we have from applying this education and prevention, but also to facilitate 
finding a process that facilitates the delivery of education when and where it's needed. Education also for being presented and utilizing a time that a patient is waiting, particularly in the exam room. After they're brought back from a waiting room, there's a significant amount of time, on average about 12 to 20 minutes, depending, depending on what study you read, that a patient sits in the exam room waiting for the physician to come in. So through the process we've developed at HealthMirror, utilizing a library of multimedia education, we present videos primarily to the patient who's waiting in the exam room and waiting for the physician to come into the exam room. Um, the patient navigates through a touchscreen interface on devices that are in the exam room um, to view the videos, but also has videos displayed to them. We find these are more engaging, but in ways they can also share with other family members who are in the room. And this also fuels that impending physician-patient encounter that's about to happen. So I'm gonna have Lenore tell you about a study that we've um, performed that can show how we've utilized HealthMirror to disseminate, display patient education, improve clinical quality measures within a patient-centered medical home. So getting back to, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. We gathered data to begin to address the question, can video education actually improve clinical quality measures? To test this, HealthMirror partnered with a hospital-owned family medicine practice. This practice had a proven track record as a patient-centered medical home. They had already achieved the highest level three NCQA certification as a PCMH. Care managers were already in place for the previous year. The bottom line here is that they were already engaged as a practice and doing a great job, but could HealthMirror enable them to do better? The practice actively used 10 exam rooms. 22-inch all-in-one touchscreens were placed in all 10 exam rooms. The HealthMirror preventative care video library was then displayed to every patient that was roomed and waiting to be seen. Clinical quality measures from their practice EMR reporting module were assessed for the three months prior to the study and for three months after implementing HealthMirror. At, no, at the time, no other campaign or improvement process was occurring or implemented. What you see here is how the exam, screen, exam room screen appeared to the patients. After a patient had their weight, vitals, and initial assessment by nursing, and were waiting to be seen by the physician, they were allowed and encouraged to interact with the video education. As you can see, um, preventative care was broken down into four categories, children, infant, men's, and women's prevention. On this next screen, we see, for example, if a woman was waiting to be seen, she could tap on the women's prevention category, have Joe illustrate that with the arrow. At that time, the array of categories would relevant education would be displayed to her. Topics about screening such as mammogram, colonoscopy, osteoporosis, topics that she may screening that she may have been due for, behind on or putting off, or merely that she may have had an interest in learning about that day were available for viewing. Patients were encouraged to view the videos at their own discretion while waiting for the clinician. 
you should note that to play the videos, they just merely needed to tap on the thumbnail. One video that we found particularly beneficial was for discussion today was the Gardasil vaccine video. This, is, this video is a video version of the CDC VIS statement. This education was able to answer the most common questions before they were asked by the patient, as well as fill the VIS statement requirement. So what did our reporting at the end of the study demonstrate? That there was improvement seen for two cancer screening measures, particularly breast cancer and colon cancer, and for two vaccination measures, HPV and TDAP. So with col the colon cancer screening, there is an 8.4% improvement in percentage of patients screened. For breast cancer, a 7% improvement in ages 40 to 69 who had had a mammogram within the last two years. HPV, a 13% improvement. And last, Tdap, there's a 4% improvement. So um, you see that there's a lot of improvement we were able to show with adding this. Um, we want to talk about where we've gone since this study because this was encouraging to us that we could actually improve clinical quality measures that we could measure just over a three-month period and show um, that we could gain some benefit from adding patient education in this type of format. We're, today, we're targeting the content to every patient, not just to the preventative needs, but also to the problems and the symptoms that a patient has at the time when they're coming into the exam room, still according to the age and gender that that patient has. We're measuring the benefits of targeting the education as well. And we are working on that integration of this education um, through an EMR um, and being able to finalize that too. Presently, we, we utilize a staff interface that um, dissem helps disseminate this information. And this is maybe something you were wondering, how do we get this information in each room? Well, we utilize a browser-based um, staff interface, a screen that a staff who is rooming the patient typically will log into. In my office, they minimize the EMR on the laptop or device that they're using and have a browser that's opened up to the health mirror interface. In that interface, they assign demographics and clinical categories to the patient that they're rooming and they select the room that their patient is going into. And by selecting that and pressing a send button, they send the content to that device in the examination room that the given patient is entering. This is more of a close-up view, and you'll see that, that um, we, you can identify each patient by a number. We use a re medical record number and pass this in a secure way. The age of the patient, gender of the content desired, as well as the language that is the preferred language of the patient um, that is being roomed is entered. We enter the clinician here as the content can be specific to each clinician and their desires in the practice. But then the um, room number. According to the clinician, these demographics, certain categories of content will be presented and the staff will select which content can be selective, and then send this, this um, the selected content that's targeted to that patient to the mirror in the exam room that they're um, 
that they're rooming that patient in. And this process takes about 28 seconds on average. We've seen staff do it as quick as 18 seconds. Certainly when they're starting to use that, initially it takes a little bit longer. So for example, here's a 52-year-old male diabetic who comes to a primary care visit, but primarily for cold symptoms. He'll be presenting there with, um, well, the staff who's rooming them would select the, the categories here that you see. Um, diabetes categories, as well as foot care, because that's been an issue with diabetes, perhaps some preventive health care uh, um, category that we label as healthy living, but also um, the selecting out as acute symptoms of colds and flu. He's presented on a touchscreen device in the exam room, ability to interact with the categories of content and can select different categories at the visit. And that can enable him to have a better discussion with his clinician here. Um, additionally, on the interface for the patients, uh, they can scan a QR code or enter an email address to take this home with them. They'll get an email with a link to the content that's um, displayed to them at this time. And we'll give you more details about that in the future. When I enter the room, I disable the screen by hitting the top left corner that says Health Mirror. Um, that allows me to have the interaction with the patient in an uninterrupted way. If I exit the exam room, I can enable that again so that more content, more videos are displayed to the patient and can easily select them for the patient as well. The patient can take this home to them and, and view it on their smartphone through a link that they get from scanning that QR code or from that email address. There's also a care management function on the staff interface that more we'll tell you about more here. So using the browser-based staff interface, the care manager or triage nurse can easily send education to a patient that she has just talked to on the phone, given results, made an appointment, or uh, answered a question. For our discussion today, let's say in our diagram that it's a new mom who called to schedule an appointment for her baby. The care manager could simply send relevant education to the mother's email address. This is what the email looks like on her browser. She just can click on the tab to open to see the same interface that she would have seen in the exam room and play the videos on her home computer. This can give her uh, time at her leisure to look at education before her visit, priming the discussion with her physician. This education is, we find, to be more engaging and easier to review by the patient than a stack of handouts prior to the visit. Yeah, this is what it would look like to the patient. Um, even, even the same interface um, that they would get when they would click on that link. They'll have a, um, different categories and, and content according to those categories that they could see. So for this mom, these could be types of um, videos that she could um, see following that point of care encounter with the care manager in the practice. So you look again about what the types of goals are as a patient-centered medical home and how patient education can fit into these. Uh, we really have, have been happy that HealthMare has been able to provide much more comprehensive patient education, and be more centered to patients, certainly bringing this in a coordinated way and utilizing the team, including a care manager as well as a physician, to disseminate this content to patients but making it much more accessible in different formats and different devices that the patients are familiar with and providing this in a, in a, 
a comprehensive way, not only just with quality content, but also um, providing evidence-based medicine through the videos that we're disseminating. So what's next for HealthMirror? We're looking at integrating our, our process within all scripts so that the staff interface is removed and that the content will be displayed just according to um, which room the patient is identified as being in in the EMR. Uh, as each patient's roomed and entered in the EMR, selecting the content will be sent to the device according to the database query through the EMR. We're, we're working on certification with meaningful use, as well as um, continuing to measure certain clinical quality measures with the additional targeted content that we have now. And one other process we're looking at is assessing more re return on investment by identifying how much charges are able to be captured by demonstrating videos that show how to use an inhaler or a nebulizer, particularly for those with as asthma or certainly those that are, that are um, being treated with inhalers. We find this to be a better way to provide patient education. And for a physician, it requires less work, um, certainly less work at the point of care and, and even work uh, showing that patient education prior to the visit, as well as being able to take that home with them, improves and just allows for a better process. And so we at HealthMirror would like to know what your questions are. If there are any, you can type those in the chat feature, but also certainly contact us um, regarding a subscription to this or to continue a discussion about health education. You can follow the our website there, contact us with that email at info at health-mirror.com or call us on that 800 number. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Widener, Dr. Tijansgrillo, for just a wonderful presentation. Um, if you have any questions for them, please use that contact information available on the screen. We will also be sending out uh, the CU certificates and a copy of the presentation uh, within the next couple of days. Uh, if you have any more questions, feel free to call us, 888-543-4778, or you can email us at info at onesthcc.com. Thank you and have a great day.